Welcome to the podcast. It's cliche to say that the world is a violent place. Violence in every form has been a common characteristic of societies throughout the history of humanity. There are many theories about what causes violence, but one theory that I find particularly powerful is known as the general strain theory, or GST, general strain theory of crime. A leading criminologist, Dr. Robert Agnew at Emory University, developed the GST. According to the GST crime, including violent acts, results from emotional stress in life. Strain can result from either losing something of value, such as a career or marriage, or it can result from failing to attain something of value, such as financial stability or educational goals. Strain could also result from having dysfunctional and strained personal relationships. Strain in one's life leads to negative emotions such as sadness, depression, anxiety, or anger. Under the GST, the negative feelings take the form of anger, and they are more likely to lead to criminal acts, particularly violence. Think of domestic violence and so-called road rage as key examples of this. This is not to say that anger resulting from strain always leads one to commit a crime. Of course, it doesn't. We all get angry sometimes, but most of us respond by not committing a criminal act. Some people shout and scream, whereas others may drink alcohol and get drunk. The stable ones among us simply wait a while and cool off. The important thing about GST is that there is a cause and effect relationship between tension, anger, and crime. What is important is that the GST on criminality is not just an interesting theory. In depth, research has shown that some emotions are strongly associated with crime, especially violence. Pride, envy, covetedness, and resentment are among the primary and instinctive emotions associated with violence. However, and uh, in accordance with the GST on crime, contemporary research reveals that the human emotion most likely to result in violence is anger. Anger or rage is associated with a wide variety of violent acts, including homicide, aggravated assault, rape, family violence, child abuse, intimidation, torture, and even terrorism. Think about the connection between murder and anger. There are many more killings committed spontaneously and in anger, known as voluntary manslaughter, than those committed with premeditation and after careful uh, deliberation. In fact, first-degree murder, that is premeditated deliberate murder, is the smallest category of murder. Moreover, because it involves planning, first-degree murder is more likely to be committed for a reason other than anger, such as financial gain. There's a significant gender difference in homicides as well. Women are more likely to respond to strain with sadness or depression than are men who are more likely to respond with anger. Moreover, men are much more likely to express their anger and physical violence than women. Therefore, it's no coincidence that men are responsible for almost 90% of all killings. The relationship between anger and violence is perfectly logical 
when one considers that anger, especially when it degenerates into rage, is an adrenaline-fueled active emotion. Anger demands action, and violence provides cathartic release or an answer to requests for an adrenaline-fueled anger. Significantly, the perpetrator who strikes in blind anger is often unable to explain his own violent behavior after the fact. Such acts of violence carried out in blind rage are often called crimes of passion. In this regard, think of anger as an intoxicant like alcohol that alters the mental state of a person and drives him to commit a terrible act that he wouldn't do under normal circumstances. Now look at the fact that the majority of murders occur when the perpetrator is, in fact, under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Clearly, alcohol and drugs are to anger what gasoline is to fire. In both cases, they provide fuel for an explosion. However, it's not a primary emotion. Anger is a secondary emotion or reaction. Fear is actually the root of all, ang uh, all anger. Violence as adults are largely a response to fear and resentments that were not resolved in childhood. In fact, the most violent adults are those who have tremendous underlying fears of rejection, inadequacy, failure, and abandonment. Their violence as adults is a childish response to a frightening world that they think is unfair to them and worthy of punishment. Think of a man who kills his spouse or lover in a jealous rage. That is a crime of passion, otherwise known as voluntary manslaughter. In such a case, the rage the man acts upon is rooted in his fear of rejection, abandonment, and betrayal of his lover. A powerful example of murder motivated by rage and underlying fear is the case of David Berkowitz, the infamous son of Sam killer, a serial killer, in fact. Uh, in an interview, Berkowitz described profound childhood feelings of inadequacy and fear combined with tremendous resentment when he learned that his biological mother had abandoned him and his adoptive parents had lied to him about it. Although most people would not become a serial killer based on his childhood experiences, the son of Sam emerged and went on a killing spree of epic proportions in New York City in 1976 because David Berkowitz was a lost, frightened, insecure, and angry little boy who never grew up. To say that violence is driven by anger and that anger is rooted in fear is not to mitigate the culpability of a frightened or angry murderer or any other criminal that engages in violence after experiencing fear and rage. On the contrary, we all need to make rational choices in our lives regardless of our emotional state, and we're all legally responsible for those actions. However, the law notwithstanding, there are times when human emotions trump rationality and no emotion is more powerful or motivating than fear. If you doubt this conclusion, ask a violent person to look beneath his anger and describe his feelings. If he's honest, he'll describe his fear. 